It is the calm before the storm. BYU football getting ready to host number nine Baylor at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What are the keys for BYU to win that game? You'll get them on today's show. We'll also talk about the comments from Brett Yormark, Big 12 Commissioner, who will also be on site this weekend. What did he have to say about conference expansion? And of course, get ready for the weekend ahead in all things BYU sports and beyond. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate us checking out the show. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day, and as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Our title sponsor today is our friends over at Bet Online. They've got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll actually talk a little bit more about the line for BYU and Baylor here in a moment. But real quick, by way of introduction for any of you who may be checking us out for the very first time, my name is Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah as the executive producer of DJ and PK. And in my off time, I moonlight here as your host talking all things BYU sports. So thank you for taking the time to check us out. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest Cougar fan out there when you listen to this show. So let's dive right in and talk about BYU and Baylor, the 21st ranked Cougar. Welcoming the ninth-ranked Bears to Lavelle Edwards Stadium tomorrow night, 8:15 p.m. kickoff. Obviously, subject to slide because ESPN usually tries to put these games so close together, and they typically will overrun. So, a slide to 8:20 or 8:25 local time is not out of the question. Uh, by the way, any of you who are making the trek to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, I will be doing pregame coverage live from the JCWs right over next to the stadium. Essentially, it's just down the road. If you'd like to stop by, I'd love nothing more than to see you. Uh, come by, shake hands, etc. Alex Curie and myself will be getting ready for the game. You can tune into that on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Should be a fun thing to do there. Uh, first time we've done it this year, actually, on location. So looking forward to that. So big opportunity for BYU in this game, my friends. They have welcomed in top 10 ranked opponents eight other times in their football history. BYU's record in such games, not so good. Two and six. The only wins in that run were a win in 1985 over Air Force and then obviously the famous upset of number one Miami in 1990. Outside of that, it's been a bunch of pain, frankly, for BYU when they've had a top 10 opponent coming in. But I've got a different feeling on this game with Baylor coming in here. I'm not necessarily thinking that BYU's got this in the bag by any means because I think it is going to take a a A plus effort for them to upset the ninth ranked Bears, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, and the betters don't think that. Our friends over at Bet Online, who are like I mentioned, our title sponsor today, still have BYU as a three point favorite, and I know in betting parlance, three points is typically given to the home team no matter what, so it's a pick 'em in many ways. But this is a big. Big opportunity for BYU on their home turf to make a statement. The game in Waco last year was an embarrassment for BYU. And I, that's the that's the gist I have gotten from players, coaches, and everybody else I've talked to around this program is they want nothing more than to prove that that Waco uh, fiasco a year ago, it's completely 
the outlier versus what BYU will be going into the Big 12. This is a huge measuring stick game for the BYU football program. So it begs the question, uh, what is it going to take for BYU to spring the upset? Well, I've got a few things in mind, and so we'll go uh, number one here. Number one, BYU has to hold Baylor under 200 yards rushing. I know that sounds like a pretty high number, but Baylor is more than content. They did this a year ago in Waco to rush the ball down your throat if you're not going to stop it. And that's how they controlled that game and ran away with the 38-24 victory. If BYU can hold the Bears to under 200 yards rushing, heck, even 150 yards rushing, I think BYU gets the win. I, I think it's really that simple in many ways. Second thing. Now, the question will be with regards to BYU's offense, who is available at the wide receiver position. All I have heard all week long is that it's going to really be a game-time decision. What Aaron Roderick said on Wednesday saying that I, if I knew, I wouldn't tell you, and it might be a game-time game decision, that's what I'm hearing on both Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. Now, let me inject my personal opinion on this matter. If Puka Nakua was simply sitting out just be, uh, precautionary reasons, etc., against USF, I am expecting him to play. I, I am expecting him, if unless the doctors come to him and say, you cannot play, we will not medically clear you to play in this game, I expect that he will be on the field Saturday night. Now, with regards to Gunnar Romney, uh, I, I, you can go out there, you can find exactly what's wrong with him. It's been out on the internet uh, for, for a hot minute. I'm not going to lift the lid on it because there's HIPAA regulations and whatnot. I don't want to find myself uh, running uh, into any issues there. But the biggest thing for Gunnar Romney is once the doctors sign off on him being cleared to play, he will return to action. It's just a matter of time when the scans that come back clear him and he's cleared to resume football activities. It's as simple as that. He's chomping at the bit to play. He's been on my radio station twice the last two weeks. The question has come up each time. You ready to play? Yeah, and you can hear it in his voice. He is eager to get out on the field. And anybody who, and let me be very clear about this, anybody who thinks that Gunnar Romney might be mailing it in, you did not watch Gunnar Romney last year. This dude missed less than a week with a sprained MCL and played the very next week after getting rolled up in that Arizona game. He came back the very next week against Utah, played with a brace, braced it up, beat all the odds, and played. Had that injury happen again to the same knee later on in the season, missed minimal time then as well. It is taking the doctors from keeping Gunnar Romney on off the field. So, I think that Pukunakua plays. I'm not so sure about Gunnar Romney, but they're going to give each of these guys every bit of opportunity to be ready for this game. BYU understands they need their best weapons in this matchup. This is a Baylor team. Offensive line and defensive line, they return a lot of their studs in the trenches. This is also a Baylor team that lost a lot of its skill talent. Both of its star running backs from a year ago, its star wide receiver and Tyquan Thornton, both starting safeties, at least one starting cornerback off what was a pretty stellar defense a year ago for Baylor, are all gone. They've had to reload that. It is an opportunity for BYU's skill talent to level the playing field here a little bit, in my opinion, just because of how early in the season it is, but you need your best talent on the field. Should a guy like Gunnar Romney and or Puka Nakua not be available, expect guys like Dallin Holker, Chase Roberts, uh, Keanu Hill, expect those guys to step up in their stead. This BYU team, I guess this is key number three, they're highly highly motivated going into this game. I, I've, I've got a vibe all week long from my time at practice and just the, my overall conversations with people around the program is that they're 
this game, they've had this circled all summer long. I know that USF was the first game and they had to focus on that, but this game, this Baylor matchup in week two, the home opener in front of the home faithful there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, they have had this circled for quite some time. They are so excited to get um, some revenge, hopefully, on the Bears, but it's not going to be easy. Dave Aranda has built a very, very steady program there in Waco, and it's led, by, obviously, by Jeff Grimes, and uh, you've got Eric Mateos, a former BYU assistant. There's institutional knowledge on both sides of this. Dave Aranda has worked with Kalani Satake. He's worked with Elisa Tuiagi. The staffs from both Baylor and uh, BYU are very familiar with one another. Uh, Max Tooley, you heard it on yesterday's podcast. If you listen to that, our exclusive conversation with him, he talked about the fact that the offense has kind of been joking with the defense this week. You ready to face us in a real game? Because let's be honest, the offense that Jeff Grimes run is very similar to Aaron Roderick. Aaron likes to do a few different variations than what Jeff brought to BYU, but they're very, very similar. So it's a huge opportunity. Now, now, a key number four, you, the fans. This game, I saw somebody tweet last night, so I'm, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so it's been tonight, but most of you probably be watching and or listening to this on Friday. But on Thursday night, I saw somebody tweet out that, the, that around 200 tickets remained in the entirety of Lavelle Edwards Stadium for this contest. Obviously, the secondary market will have some tickets out there, but through BYU tickets, less than 200 tickets remain. 63,000 plus fans are going to be at the stadium. You guys, you the fans, anybody within the sound of my voice, you guys guys need to make the difference. Do what you did against Utah. Do what you did against Arizona State. Make life miserable for Baylor. Make it so they can't communicate on the field. Blake Shapin is still a relatively young quarterback. Does he have a big arm? Absolutely. Uh, there are comparisons between Blake Shapin as a young Zach Wilson. I see it on film. He has got a live arm, the ability to really push the ball down the field. And BYU, they need to make it so that his he can't communicate with his guys. They're going to have to rely on silence counts, uh, the hand motions. You've got to make the difference in this game. Lose your voice in this contest. And I, trust me, it's easier for me to say that than to do it. I'm in the media now. I, I, I get all that. But you, BYU fans, Cougar Nation, y'all can make an incredible, incredible impact in this game. You don't have to look any further back than that Utah game and Arizona State. Look how the that that the impact you had on those games. You can do the same thing in this contest. I would encourage you, be loud, be proud, be respectful, but have some fun and get rowdy. That's what I would encourage you. Now, uh, I also want to just note on Blake Shapin. I, I really think this is a guy who's got some comparisons as a really young Zach Wilson-type quarterback. The reason why he won the job over Gary Bohannon, his ability to move the ball down the field. Gary Bohannon has a decent arm. Blake Shapin has an elite arm, just on the film that I've seen. He can move the ball around the field. He can make all of the throws. So, in the battle of quarterbacks, obviously with Jaron Hall on the other side, Jaron's got to outduel Blake Shapin, but BYU's defense, they cannot, they cannot allow Blake Shapin to feel comfortable in that pocket. You've got to move the pocket. You've got to force the action. Tyler Batty, Fisher Jackson, uh, Alden Tofa. I, I don't know who BYU throws out there on the field. They have to get pressure on this young man. Getting sacks is great, but just making it so he can't sit in the pocket and pick you apart with his arm, that is going to be absolutely critical to BYU's chances in this contest. It's going to be an absolute dogfight. I truly believe that. I'll give you my score prediction here a little bit later on as we round out the podcast, but 
this is a game, BYU is very capable of winning this, but BYU's got to bring their best effort. I actually have very few qualms about BYU's offense in this game. I think BYU is going to run the ball effectively. I think Jaron Hall is going to make plays with his arm and with his feet. I actually think that the bigger key in this game is for BYU's defense to give more opportunities to the Cougars offense than what Baylor has offensively. So I know that's kind of simplifying it down to like bare bones stuff, but this is a game that BYU can win, folks. I know that this is a top 10 team. I said BYU's record against top 10 opponents is 2-6 and six at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're 5-22-1, I think, all-time against top 10 opponents in their football history. So BYU doesn't win these games historically very often. I think this is a game BYU can pick off. I, I, Baylor's got a lot of question marks. I, they played Albany, uh, the Great Danes, out of the great state of New York last week. BYU, I think, was far more impressive just based on the level of competition, in my opinion. And I might be biased, but this is a game BYU can win. And you got to just go out there, play your game, handle your business offensively, hope to heck that the defense, uh, the, the strides, at least that we saw in moments early on in that game against USF, because I think BYU relaxed a little bit in the second half and things got a little haywire there in the third quarter against USF. But more of what I saw in the first quarter when BYU's defense was ferocious. They were moving the pocket, bringing blitzes. Guys like Keenan Peely, Ben Bywater, Peyton Wilgar are just absolutely pummeling dudes on tackles. That's what you want to see. You want to see the defensive effort you saw early on last season against Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. You want to see that. Blitzes, guys coming off the edge. Just do not allow Blake Shapin to sit in that pocket and get comfortable. If you allow that, and that that very well, Baylor's got a very good offensive line similar to BYU. If you allow that, this kid will make you pay. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we need to continue on with some football thoughts. Uh, Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner who is expected to be on hand at uh, BYU this weekend for the Baylor-Cougar matchup. Hoping to actually catch up with him, hopefully, in the press box at some point, but... He actually made some comments earlier this week on a visit to the University of Cincinnati that ruffled a few feathers out this way in Pac-12 country. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. Let's talk for a minute about our friends over at Bet Online. They are your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information, my friends. As we mentioned a little earlier on, BYU a three-point favorite against the Baylor Bears. The money line actually coming in on BYU to get the game, actually. So if you want to get on in on that action, get to Bet Online and search it out, my friends. Find all the latest football league development game matchups, news and podcasts, including opening week's games in the NFL, obviously week three games, uh, excuse me, week two, it's week three, but regardless, week two games here in college football, BetOnline is your, continu- is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So check it out, my friends. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline line where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, whether it's on YouTube, listening to us on your regular podcast providers out there. You guys are absolutely incredible. The numbers, by the way, uh, we're only week two weeks into the season here for BYU. We're already trending. If you if you look at the projections, we're going to have our best football season yet in terms of overall downloads, engagement, all that stuff. So it's credit to you. Thank you for your support. All right, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. This dude loves himself some, some controversy, doesn't he? Uh, he made some comments uh, to media in Cincinnati saying that the league would be interested in adding members from the Pacific time zone. He says, quote, 
Obviously, going out west is where I would like to go entering that fourth time zone. That's the Pacific time zone. Uh, adding that the Big 12's wish list includes, quote, a program that has national recognition, one that competes at the highest level in football and basketball, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit. Now, Obviously, as I mentioned, those made uh, waves, uh, the Pac-12, no comment on this, whatever. Well, then Brett Yormark uh, told league leaders, uh, excuse me, told ESPN that the league leaders uh, in the Big 12 will continue to, quote, bet every option possible to further enhance this conference. So... I think this guy is intent on continuing to make headlines. He's keeping the Big 12 in the conversation. And that's the thing about it. Could he could be all bluster and the Big 12's content with where they stand? Yeah, it could be all bluster, but I'm actually more of the opinion. Uh, my, my opinion is that Brett Yormark, he is intent on making things happen for the Big 12. If he can pick off the Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah, or go get the big fish that remain in the pack, uh, that speaking of Oregon and Washington, I I don't think that Oregon's necessarily all that special on the field, but they are a big brand. If you want just overall brand prowess, if you can go pick off some of those teams, go for it. Get yourself to 14 or 16 teams and be that third conference behind the Big Ten and the SEC. This is a power play, folks. It's very apparent where this sport is going. Brett Yormark, he is a guy that just, I don't know much about him, but what I the gist I get from him this is a guy, he's a take-no-prisoners type. He's from New Jersey. He, he worked with Jay-Z for Rock Nation, the sports agency that, uh, uh, that Jay-Z built up. He's very savvy. Uh, he kind of walks around with just this air of New Jersey confidence. I work with a guy who's from New Jersey. You guys may know Patrick Kinahan. I kind of get the vibe that PK carries around with him. Just the, There's a Jersey thing about uh, Brett Yormark that... This dude, yeah, it may be all bluster, but he continues to say we're we're making moves. And you got George Klyovkov, the Big Twelve, uh, the, the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve commissioner, saying, "Well, we're not sure if we're gonna go fishing there." Guess what? Who has the momentum right now? It's the Big Twelve. The the Pac Ten, as it's going to be constituted once USC and UCLA depart, it's trying to scramble to find what find any footing it can. They entered their negotiations. Brett Yormark fired back and saying, "Hey, we're going to enter our negotiations early with ESPN and uh, Fox." He actually mentioned they already met with ESPN and plans to meet with Fox this coming week. There's a lot of momentum on the Big 12 side in this. And that that's a big, big opportunity for the Big 12. BYU obviously going to be a part of that in the future. They can they can really make a power play here. I, and here's the thing. The Big 12, John Canzano's out there writing. I've seen him saying that one of those so-called four-corner schools ADs is saying, oh, this is all just him, him trying to speak into a mic and it's all blood. Okay, guess what? If it's all bluster, why in the world are we hearing about Washington and Oregon meeting with Big Ten, uh, their lawyers, they're they're meeting to vet uh, potential fits with the Big Ten? You think those schools are loyal to the Pac-10? Absolutely not. They're looking for the next ship out of the conference. And if one or two of those schools bolt, guess what? Everybody else, you got to be looking for your next spot. I think that there are schools in the pack that are at least curious about a potential move to the Big 12. The one that I would kind of stipulate, just kind of reading between the lines, this is just me. I think Arizona's got some real intrigue in this. If they can drag Arizona State, obviously, that would make a move. The biggest thing right now for Brett Yormark is he's trying to make sure that his post as Big 12 commissioner is as secure as he possibly can make it. And if he can destabilize another league to secure that, you know what? Them's the business. And like I said, he's got some of that New Jersey in him. And they, they don't take crap from anybody. <laughs> it's, 
it's one of those things. And by the way, with the expanded playoff, getting more teams, making your conference as attractive as possible and making it as competitive as possible gives you an opportunity to, to seal up more of those 12 teams that'll be in the new expanded college football playoff. I am hopeful, by the way, just real quick on the college football playoff front, that they can get it implemented by 2024. But if it has to wait until 2026, so be it. I'm just happy that we no longer have to deal with a big four that's going to play for the college football playoff. And three of those spots seemingly annually are locked up for Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. It just Those are the schools. Georgia has obviously entered that mix as well. Essentially, three spots for four teams on an annual basis. I know that it has not necessarily been so all that competitive in the semifinal matchups of the college football playoff era, but you want to give teams hope. A lot of teams, I would say 80%, if not more than that, of college football, when the season starts in their heart of hearts, know that they have no shot at winning a national title. Now, 12 teams amongst 131 FBS programs, that's still a very small percentage making the playoff, but the very fact that you're giving multiple... uh, three times as many teams an opportunity to have that dream of playing for the playoff and getting in there and having a chance to compete for that national championship. I think it's a net win for all parties involved. And by the way, the fact that they were going to punt on this and decide, you know, we'll talk about it later. The, the big, the commissioners out there were like, eh, the Alliance, by the way, the PAC 12 shooting themselves in the foot with that one originally. Then the, uh, then the school presidents that run the college football playoffs saying like, y'all are leaving how many hundreds of millions of dollars on the table? No, we're, we're doing this thing. Get it figured out. They had a meeting uh, yesterday. It sounds like no no uh, real concrete plans of when they're going to implement an expansion of the playoff, et cetera, have come out of that. But the sooner they can do that, it's going to be a win for college football in my mind. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I think that giving more teams hope going into a season of competing for a national championship. And in the case of the, of the Big 12, if you can expand and make yourself maybe that third best conference out there, that's going to give you extra opportunities to have squads inside that college football playoff and get that opportunity to compete for a national title. It seems so simple for what Brett Yormark's trying to do. He's just got to get the, I guess, the right cards in order. I, I don't know how necessarily to, to stipulate it, but the pack is not stable. Let's be very, very honest. Like the fact that we're already hearing about Washington and Oregon meeting with big 10 folks out there. Heck, if I'm Arizona, Arizona state, Colorado, Utah, I'm having my lawyers meet with the big 12 lawyers and say, Hey, what's just the fit? Uh, say we were interested. Let's just, there are conversations going on behind the scenes. I think from a lot of different angles, <sighs> the pack 12, the pack 10, the pack 12 has been around my entire life. It was, it, the conference of champions. I, I get all that moniker, but it sure feels like it's, it's on its deathbed in some ways. Who knows? Maybe they pull through, maybe ESPN does prop them up for, for a little while. But the more I hear about programs like Oregon and Washington, looking at the big 10 saying like, Hey guys, uh, we'd like to join. It just seems to me that it's only a matter of time before some more defections are taking place. And at that point, maybe some of the squads that are, uh, we're, 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 we're committed to the pack. Well, at that point, maybe you're committed to the mountain West conference. How about that? Yeah, that, that, that's to, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean to speculate so much on this, but it's very much a real thing that's out there. So if Brett Yormark can make something happy, uh, make something happen and make people happy in the process inside the, the Big 12 and also stabilize the league and maybe strengthen it in many ways, it seems like a win-win-win all the way around for all parties involved. All right. 
We'll round out today's show with some notes on the weekend ahead in BYU sports. We'll get to that uh, momentarily as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, before we go on today's show, I wanted to run down what's going on with uh, BYU sports this weekend, but also need to get you my college football picks uh, from this weekend. I, I said last week that I was, I wasn't gonna, I'm was i not doing these against the spread, and then my boss, uh, Scott Gerard at the KSL Sports, on, said, Jake, either you do it against the spread or you don't do it at all. Actually, a number of you uh, commented on said, Jake, I want it against the spread. So, okay, whatever, we'll do that. So uh, here are my picks for this week. So we're obviously going to start off, we'll do uh, my pick for BYU-Baylor. And by the way, I want your guys' predictions for this game. Send them in via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can search out Locked On Cougars. I uh, also can send them to me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. Or email us LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. We'd love to hear from you guys. So we got number 9 Baylor, number 21 BYU late night on ESPN. BYU uh, favored by 3 points in this game. And as I said, folks, BYU is more than capable of winning this game. And that's why I'm picking BYU in a tight one. I've got the Cougars 28, Baylor 24. So BYU BYU, according to the line right now as of recording, it could move, but BYU would cover the three-point spread in that. I'm picking the Cougars with the upset. We'll see. Moving to 2-0, you get that win. You're probably inside the top 15 in the national rankings next week, getting ready for your trip to Oregon. That'd be a big, big move for BYU, and here's, fingers crossed, it happens. Up next, you got number one Alabama at Texas. Both college game day and big noon Saturday, the college football uh, preview shows are both going to be in Austin, Texas for this matchup. I think Alabama is going to boat race Sark and the Longhorns. Uh, I'm seeing Alabama as a 20-point favorite. That's not near high enough. I think Bama wins it pretty handily. Uh, Texas may surprise some folks, but I just think Bama, the way they looked against Utah State, you can tell they're on a mission right now. And Sark, former assistant of Nick Saban's, he don't like losing to his assistants. The only guy that's done it really that's beaten him is uh, Kirby Smart over at Georgia. I don't think Sark, Sark has the horses to, to pull the upset yet. So give me Bama plus the points. All right, next one uh, coming up here. We've got, uh, whoa, where did it go? On my page just reset. Oh, there we go. Tennessee at Pitt. Number 24 volunteers taking on the 17th-ranked Panthers. The Panthers had a big win over West Virginia in the backyard brawl last week. Tennessee got a pretty high-powered offense, but with Tennessee being a six-point road favorite, I'm not I'm not sold on that. So give me Pitt uh, to cover the spread there. I think Tennessee may still win it, but I, I don't think it's they're, they're a touchdown better. I, I, I do not see that. Washington State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin a 17.5-point favorite. Washington State, the Coatal unquote coup grade uh, did not have a stellar debut just barely beating Idaho they are going to Camp Randall I've been there it's a tough place to play uh, 17 and a half points though is quite a bit I will take Washington to cover but like barely like maybe lose by like 14 I, I, I think that Wisconsin wins it handily but maybe Washington State with that quote unquote backdoor cover as they close things out and a preview uh, similar to BYU and Baylor of a future Big 12 matchup number 25 Houston is at Texas Tech uh, Houston's scraped by UTSA in triple overtime a week ago. If any of you uh, checked that out, it was a crazy, crazy game in the Alamo Dome. This is their second straight road game. They're in Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. You got Tech as a three and a half point favorite uh, based on what I'm seeing here. Uh, give me Houston, though. I think Houston wins this game. I think they win it by a touchdown. And they cover that spread on the road. Uh, Texas Tech doesn't have Tyler Shuck, their starting quarterback. Some people think that Donovan Smith is the better quarterback for Tech, uh, taking over that spot, but 
there's a reason why they picked Tyler Shuck, and he's out. So give me Houston on the road in that one. And then the final few picks here, number 10, USC at Stanford. Of course, the first Pac-12 conference game of the year. USC an 8.5-point favorite on the road on the farm up there in Stanford, California, a place BYU will be playing at the end of the season. I think USC is going to boat race Stanford. I, I, people are saying that David Shaw, I feel like I'm a tiger in the weeds. Okay, you have Tanner McKee, but what else you got there at Stanford? I, I think USC with Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Lincoln Riley, I think they roll and they cover easily up on the farm. And then the final game I'm going to pick here is Arizona State against Oklahoma State. Uh, ASU uh, traveling to Stillwater, one of BYU's future conference mates, the 11th ranked Cowboys. Uh, Oklahoma State is an 11.5 point favorite. Arizona State, it seems like it's a sinking ship. Uh, who knows if uh, Herm uh, Edwards can keep that ship afloat and keep his job, but I think Oklahoma State covers there, wins handily, and Mike Gundy might have an epic rant. Who knows what might happen uh, in that game. So those are my picks for the weekend. Love If you guys want to weigh in with your picks as well beyond just BYU love to hear from you guys let me know on that all right final thing before we go out the door here's BYU women's volleyball continues action in the Georgia Tech Classic this weekend geez my computer tonight is having all kinds of issues I keep uh, pulling up pages and they keep reloading on me so joys of recording stuff all right so you have the uh, women's volleyball program as I mentioned they're taking on number eight Ohio State that is tonight uh, Friday night at five o'clock mountain time Ohio State eighth ranked team in the country a big opportunity. There's actually going to be a radio call. You can go to BYUcougars.com. Georgia Tech Radio will have the call of that. Uh, Jeff Henor said he was going to the BYU-Georgia Tech game. BYU lost in straight sets to the host of Yellow Jackets in the first game of that matchup. And then I believe they will be wrapping up play. I'm checking this out. Oh, no, maybe it's just the two uh, volleyball matches. So just the two this weekend. Men's and women's swimming and diving, though, opened their season with their blue and white meet at the Richards Building Pool today and tomorrow if you want to check that out. The women's cross-country program there competing in the Run Elite Program Cross Classic. That's an interesting name. That is tonight. The men's team will be following them. Women's team at 6.45 p.m. Mountain Time. Men's team at 7.15. As I mentioned, men's and women's swimming and diving continue on action through tomorrow. And then women's soccer. They are back in action tomorrow night as they host UVU at Southfield. So if you want to get a doubleheader in, you actually, in theory, could do this. You could go over to Southfield, watch the Cougars take on the Wolverines in the Crosstown Clash, 6 o'clock on BYU TV's app, and then make the quick sprint up the road to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the 8-15 kick. With timeout, I think actually pretty good. I'm fully expecting that Baylor game to get slot to slide a little bit and uh, start a little bit later, but opportunity to have a doubleheader. Watch the women's soccer program and then watch BYU football. Hopefully spring the upset on the Baylor Bears. So there you go. That is your rundown of everything coming up this weekend in BYU sports. A big thank you, by the way, to all of you for your support all week long on this show. Here's hoping that BYU springs that upset, folks. It was fun to watch the Cougars boat race USF last week. I think tomorrow night's going to be an absolute barn burner. If you're able and you're capable and you're going to the game, make yourselves heard. Like I said, keep it respectful, but get rowdy, get loud, and make it fun out there at LES. I'll be there covering it. Like I said, uh, pregame coverage, I'll be on radio at JCW down there in Provo. Stop by, get a burger, a shake. Love nothing more than interact with you guys. Meet a lot of you out there. I, I keep meeting a number of you who listen to this show, and I, frankly, I hope to meet every single one of you at some point in my life. So, thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, thank you for making us your first listen. If you want more on the Big 12 as a whole, I would encourage 
encourage you guys to make your second listen our friends over in the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors is your host there every day, checking out uh, and running around the Big 12, making sure you're apprised of all the big stories around that conference. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, just like this show. That'll do it for us. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with a postcast edition late tomorrow night. Probably going to be recording that somewhere around 2 or 3 a.m., but at the same time, excited for it. Whatever happens out there between the Bears and the Cougars, we'll have it covered for you right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya.